0: We'd like to thank our sponsor, SLC Guitar, for another sweet guitar riff. Welcome to another episode of Build with Breen Homes, where we talk all things construction, business management, and just have a good old time behind the microphone. All right, y'all, here we go back for another week of the Breen Homes podcast show, and we are on another mini-series today. It's been a busy month for Brandon and I. We've uh, found ourselves trying to connect and struggling with that as uh, we've tried to learn our new routines of getting kids back in school, managing our professional lives as well, and on the side getting together to have a chat. So I look forward to the next time him and I are having a chat together. Um, But tonight you get yours truly again, get to enjoy uh, the show from my perspective. So I've been thinking about one item I wanted to talk through this week, uh, and and something that has been heavy in a lot of my discussions lately, um, whether it be with clients, uh, friends, and family, subcontractors, all the above. Um, oftentimes, I've used the term uh, when we're talking about custom home builders. I've used the term the hire a team. Which is somebody that I, I tout—the uh, type of building company that we are, the Brain Homes team—or um, do you hire the "quote-unquote" Joe in a truck? And I use that term loosely, but what I really mean is the single contractor that is, uh, in a sense, ran out of his truck, uh, typically on the job site, um, and uh, you know doesn't have the team behind him to support, you know, office staff, project managers, all of the above. And I think there's some perceptions that go into play when you start talking about who the Joe in the truck is or who the team is. And so I figured it'd be a great time to kind of go through some of those parameters and the pros and cons to both, because to be frank, I don't think that anyone does a job better than the other. I think there's pros and cons to both businesses and the way they run, but I think based on the client and the type of client that you may be, it may be smarter for you to hire the Joe in the truck or the team approach. So let's some some parameters first. Um, like I said, I am not undercutting the Joe in the truck the way he does the job. I think the the use of the Joe in the truck may sound, uh, you know, like you're you're cutting down or, or diminishing their job value. So I want to make sure that the parameters are in place. That I believe both types of business models can be uh, wonderful custom home builders. Okay. Let's also talk about custom home from the perspective that I'm going at. I think that you have to be cautious when you say custom home. Are we talking a custom home that's a million and a half dollar home? Or are we talking a custom home that's a 20 to $30 million custom home? Um, There's for sure some parameters that have to go into place when you start talking about. So let's go in the field that I'm comfortable with and that's custom homes between build costs. Let's call them sticks and bricks between about 1.5 million and about 5 million. That's a fairly large sway, um, but that is where most of my clients tend to land. And those tend to land projects. When I talk the project as a whole, we may be talking the value of the full project with land uh, and a finished product of somewhere between 2 million and about 8 million on total project costs or value set and done. Now that's wrapping in Uh, the purchase of the land or the acquisition that may be wrapping in uh, lending fees, that may be wrapping in permits, architects, GC fees, you know, to a finished product to where the homeowner's living in there and they get an appraised value of where that my land versus the sticks and bricks costs. So now that we've set some of those parameters, let's start talking who I call the Joe in the truck versus the team approach. I think we start off with the Joe in the truck. The Joe in the truck is typically a contractor I mentioned earlier that is operating out of his truck. That's also typically the type of contractor that uh, does not have uh, an office staff behind him and most likely doesn't have an office at all. The Joe in the truck is also somebody uh, who typically spends more time perfecting their trade, doing hands-on work, Enjoying the time on the job site, you know, almost the typical contractor that you think of when you think of a contractor, you know, most likely wearing jeans throughout the day, some boots, a t-shirt that's dirty, um, you know, and doing a craftsman or a skilled trade on a job. So again, I don't want to diminish or cut on who that is. There's pros and cons to that, and we'll come back to that. Uh, I'm just starting to kind of define some parameters. the The team approach, which is the approach that I've taken, is the contractor who's me. And to be frank, you very, very rarely catch me on the job site um, doing work. You know, you may see me here and there, if I'm really pissed off or if something really needs to get done doing it, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm managing a staff of employees that are managing subcontractors on a job. So I spend more or less my days uh, in the office, um, controlling jobs, making sure orders have taken place following spreadsheets, responding to emails, organizing selections, taking all the paperwork and putting it in a local centralized place so that my team can understand what's going on the job site. And to be frank, just trying to communicate and execute the building process that happens. So as we start to define a couple of different types of contractors out there, again, I want to reiterate that this really does come back to the type of client you are. So let's discuss what a client could expect out of both and some pros and cons of both those types of businesses uh, and organizations and how they run. So a lot of clients that come to me and want somebody that is their point of contact, that is on the job site, and that they feel like if that person is there, then production is happening, tend to lean more towards the Joe in a truck. Most clients also have a, a mythical thought that the Joe in the truck is gonna be less expensive because he doesn't have the overhead. So the Joe in the truck may be able to charge a little bit less. Now that Joe in the truck would be expected to be on the job site most any time a client pulls up. And I've experienced that most of my clients will tend to go to a job site uh, in the morning, oftentimes on their way to work, oftentimes during their lunch break, and oftentimes a return visit either on their way home or if they're out to dinner with their wife right before or right after dinner. Sometimes it happens all three times in one day. A lot of the times when they pull up, if it's during work hours or relatively close within work hours, they expect to see the Joe in the truck there. And they feel good when they see the Joe in the truck there because they can communicate directly with their quote-unquote contractor about the process, what's going on, what's expected to happen, what they see happening, if there's quality control issues, you know, anything else that might come to place. Now, typically that type of contractor is progressing forward with the work. And where the Joe in the truck can be very valuable is they are the face that's commonly known that is there on the job all day, every day, holding the hands of subcontractors doing the work, checking up on their work, and then checking off some of the smaller tasks throughout the day and throughout the week and throughout the month that need to happen. So the Joe in the truck can be very effective in that world. Where the Joe in the truck often struggles is the ancillary and continued communication, the emails, phone calls, text messages, updates on budgets or change orders and paperwork. So the Joe in the truck may have a little bit better control of the job set itself because he is the main contractor. He is the one point of communication. He is the liaison, but he's also trying to do everything in his off hours when he's not on the job site or work from his truck. So number one, he's going to be limited the amount of jobs and work that he can take on, which you as a client may say is a good thing. But he's also going to be trying to run his paperwork, his billing, his invoices, his communication, his response to emails, all from his truck or after hours. And to be frank, that's the one area that they typically tend to lack. Okay. Another area where they tend to lack is as the job starts to uh, close out, and there's more and more miscellaneous items that are not completed. When I say miscellaneous, it may be something small, a piece of baseboard, you know, underneath the cabinet uh, or a desk is missing and the finished carpenters need to put it on. The join in the truck goes, you know what? It's just easier for me to do. I'm going to take care of it myself. Well, that baseboard also needs to be caulked and painted. Okay. I'm going to take care of these small paint touch-ups myself. You know, a faucet's loose. Okay. I'm here. I'll take care of that myself. Um, you know, a bigger issue. There might be something going on with a, a deck that didn't get finished the right way. Now, well, I'll deal with that as we get a little bit further out on the end. Uh, there's a issue with a bow and drywall. Yep, I'll take care of that. So they tend to create this list of 30, 40, 50 items on a closeout punch list, which to be frank, 30, 40, 50 items isn't uncommon for any of us. They have this list and of those 30 or 40 items, more than half of them are something that they assign to themselves. Well, the problem is that Joe in the truck is now taking on the next project and is busy trying to satisfy one, two, three, four clients, is spread a little too thin, is trying to get his billing done, and can't give you the time and resource it takes to close out the job. So it tends to allow allow the Joe in the truck to take a little longer to get these things done. And usually that's about the time when the client is left, whether they feel super happy with their contractor or super frustrated with their contractor. And we've learned that over time, the punch list items that take a long time to finish, and don't get me wrong, we have some of those issues as well. You know, so I'm just describing out there the differences of the the two types of of, uh, contractors. The Joe in the truck maybe takes a little longer to get them done. A lot more is relied upon him. And at some point, everyone's kind of left with, we don't think it's ever gonna get done. We've got 10 items on a punch list and we owe the contractor, you know, a few thousand dollars and we're good to just call it quits and be done. We're over it. We're sick of it. His focus and attention is elsewhere and it's probably never going to get done. The last thing I want to bring up with the Joe and the truck example before I move on to the team example is warranties. A lot of the Joes in the trucks, the warranty is them. You call them, they show back up to the job, they try to take care of it. You know, warranted or not, if they feel like it under the discretion is something that needs to be fixed, they try to do it themselves. Oftentimes, it's too hard or much too much effort for them to get the subcontractor involved. So, they kind of put their own hands on it and try to correct it. Usually, not a problem on small items, can be a major problem on large items, especially items that uh, may fall into that two or 10 year warranty of, you know, mechanical warranty, let's say everything behind the walls or a 10-year structural warranty. In fact, a lot of them will say they don't offer any of those types of warranties. Once you get past that, they kind of just hope that it goes away for lack of better terms. And there's other programs out there that you can use, but it falls more back to the team setup. So now let's jump to the contractor that's more of the team setup, something I'm a little more familiar with, something the way we've built our business. I've got, I'm a small business, I've got eight employees, and you're gonna have communication with a lot of us. You're going to have communication with our interior designer and design coordinator. You're going to have communication with our project manager. You're going to have communication with our site manager. You're going to have communication with me. And then every now and then you may hear from our office manager or our accountant as we're doing billing. So you've got seven, six, seven, eight different people you're going to hear from throughout the process. We're also running multiple jobs because we're not doing a lot of hands-on work. So our site managers may be running two, two or three or four jobs throughout the day and may not be just sitting there hanging out on your job. They're also typically not on the job doing hands-on work. So you may get there and have questions or quality control issues and they say, I'm gonna to need to call the plumber, the finished carpenter, the framer, the cabinet installer or builder or whoever that might be. And you may not feel like they're actively getting that work done right then and there. So that may be a con to the team approach. The pros to the team approach is that you're gonna have multiple people communicating with you. So if you shoot us a text or an email or a form of communication throughout the day, we're able with more hands and more people around to communicate a little more effectively and efficiently. It's One pro. We also run a uh, construction management software that allows all of our communication to land in one spot. So when my team is scheduling, creating purchase orders and contracts with subcontractors, completing invoices and submitting for draws, sending emails, approving selections and interior designs, making changes to plans and files that are associated with a job. All of that is happening in one general uh, app area or technology area where that can then be or is automatically pushed out for the client to see. So you get more communication, let's call it ancillary communication from my team but to be frank, you're not going to pull up and see me on the job if you go there first thing in the morning, at lunch, after hours, or oftentimes throughout the day. In fact, it's more of an anomaly when you see me on the job because I tend to try to sneak around to my jobs at unannounced hours to go through them so that I don't get held up walking a job and spending time. Not that I don't want to meet with my clients, but I'd like to be informed with what's going on the job and be able to communicate effectively effectively run the books, run the office and manage my team and communication from my office headquarters, so to speak. So there's a pro there's good communication, good follow-up, a lot of resources. You should be caught up on your budget. You should be caught up on progress and timelines. You should be caught up with all communications and selections going in on the job. Now, when we go to a closeout, we brought up a punch list. Yes, we tend to have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 items on a punch list as well. More often than not, we're gonna assign 95% of those to subcontractors because we feel like it's necessary for them to come back and finish their job. Yes, we do struggle oftentimes getting them back to finish their job, but my larger team allows us to hold payments, require the correct documents for insurance and workers comp that make sure they know that we have some grit in the game or they have grit in the game as well, and put a little more pressure on them to come back and get the job complete, and I would tend to say that we complete a closeout punch list a little bit better, a little bit faster, and a little bit more efficiently than the Joe of the truck. Now, the last point uh, of, you know, pro in my world, I believe, is warranties. We offer, through a third-party service and company, a one-year worksmanship warranty, a two-year mechanical warranty, and a 10-year structural warranty. We do warrant your house for 10 years on a structural end. If something happens through the third party company, we are liable to come back and warrant that. We provide all that documentation to you as a client. We provide closeout punch list and closeout packets with all the information in. Because we have more teams to be allowed on staff, we've put together a little bit more information that creates a closeout process, right? So again, I wanna kinda come back to a service elevation. If you as a client are looking at hiring a general contractor and you're not sure whether you like the idea of the Joe in the truck or the team approach, again, I'm not trying to sell one over the other, I think you need to ask yourself questions of, do I expect somebody, that one contractor, that one point of contact to be on site, to be wearing a tool belt and to be working? And does that make me feel effective that that person is there working and that he is there, you know, or she is there throughout the day, holding people's hands and doing the work. And I can show up and I can talk to them, knowing that they're going to be stretched a little too thin trying to wear multiple hats and that we're going to have some issues as we try to communicate. We're going to have issues as we try to close out the job. And we may have long-term issues of, you know, provided warranty. We may just constantly be calling our Joe to come back and take care of stuff. But we feel good because he's there and we can talk to him every day. Or we feel good because we're saving a couple of percent on the cost because we feel like we can pay him less expensive because he has overhead. Or ask yourself if you're looking for somebody that can communicate a little bit more effectively throughout the process, keep you a little more up to date on your budget, keep you a little more up to date on your paperwork, your processes, your selections and what's going on, but may, may not have one point of contact or may not be talking to the owner, quote unquote, of that company. Again, it may close out the job a little bit smoother. You may have the backing of the warranty, but you're not going to have that feel good of that person, that, that Adam, so to speak, me of the point of contact. I think there's one more thing that is important to bring up when you start talking this. There's efficiencies that can be had in a team as long as the team is managed well. And again, in a perfect world, I lend and lead to believe that the team approach is going to be more effective in finishing the job a little quicker and more on budget with what you would expect. I believe that most of the time, it's maybe a stereotype, but your Joe in the truck tends to lag a little bit further behind and tends to have a little bit more of a soft budget that tends to get broken and have more change orders along the way. So when you're comparing that little bit of one or 2% or maybe 3% that you're saving by saying, well, this guy has less overhead, so he's less expensive, recognize that you're going to lose that one or two or three or potentially four or five, percent more in time loss on the job and change orders that were not communicated properly with you along the job as well. So something to think about. Again, I think it's important that any client, as I kind of wrap up this mini series tonight, to explain to a client that you need to think about what your expectations are and the pros and cons to both, because there are pros and cons to both. Now there's one other caveat that I'm going to put in place out there. And there are people that you can hire that would come in and help the Joe in the truck manage the process. And a lot of Joes in the trucks do support themselves with outside estimators, uh, outside interior designers, outside architects that do help them, uh, you know, maybe manage the job a little bit better, you know. So those are questions to ask when you're meeting with your general contractor. But again, I think as uh, as any client, I would advise, I would advise you to sit down with your husband and or wife uh, and think through what's important to you along the way and how involved you want to be along the way. And does that align a little bit more with a team's approach that may feel like it's got a little bit more of a presence, a little bit more of a business, a little bit more of a location, or the Joe in the truck approach that maybe feel a little bit more personal, feel a little bit more, um, you know, direct in that communication and what that may lack or may not lack. So anywho, there's my words of thought for today. I hope that that's helpful. I hope that it makes you make the right decision. And if you decide that maybe the team approach is the better approach for you and your upcoming project, always feel free to reach out to me. feel like we have a wonderful team approach and we sell our business on two things, trust and communication. I always tell my clients, you're gonna hand over a lot of money to your contractor. I want you to trust that your contractor is doing the right thing with it. And I want you to feel like however you communicate, whether it's text message, email, phone call, site visit, fax machine, whatever it is, I want you to be able to feel like you can communicate with your contractor along the way because those are the two things that are going to make the job successful or struggle all the way through. Thank you, everybody. Hope you have a great night.